So, hello everyone and welcome to the sixth episode of Vowel UK's Hamlet podcast. As always, it's me, Alan Zrepa. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Karen McLaughlin. Hey guys, how you doing? Good to see you again. And a very good result for West Ham last night. Yeah, brilliant result. Honestly, when we uh, talked about the game uh, at the last in the last podcast, we were like, "Oh, maybe, maybe a draw, probably a loss." Mm-hmm. But the boys delivered. And yeah, out of the bag. Very good result. Um, I, I, I could see West Ham getting result, but I didn't see him winning. So it was uh, it was quite impressive, and the fact that Chelsea didn't even look good that good was also an impressive point to take. They've played well in patches, but they really try to force the ball down the middle mm. instead of uh, focusing down the wings. Like, you have William and Pulisic out wide, and then you look at uh, West Ham's defenders in Cresswell and Fredericks, who aren't necessarily the best. They could have done much, much better. Yeah, in reality... Um... Chelsea, with their strength in attack, especially uh, a team who's still chasing Champions League, I expect them to uh, probably expose West Ham's defence a lot more last night. But for some reason, they didn't really do that. You know, of course, both goals were set pieces, you know, a penalty and a free kick. So I don't know what it was, but I think Declan Rice played a key part of that. He was very solid last night. Another good performance. Yeah, he was brilliant. Especially now with the captain's armband, which should realistically remain with him. Yeah, yeah I can see him being given the captaincy. He's uh, seems to love West Ham. You know, he's almost like the next Mark Noble. You know, I think you can kind of see him staying there for a number of years. Um, I don't know what I think Chelsea are the only real club who look interested in him. But whether you want to go there or not, I'm not sure. Yeah, he was he was just brilliant. It was such a good performance from him. Of the back. He just he just controlled the game, didn't he? Yeah, he did from that midfield spot. And that's another point to talk about. He can play centre back and he's brilliant there. But then you put him into that defensive midfield spot and he's con- just controlling everything that's going on the pitch. Yeah, uh, I mean I think I prefer him um, at centre-back and I think that's why Chelsea want to sign him as a centre-back. That's why Frank Lampard wants him. But even in midfield, like the way he sprays passes across the pitch is just top quality. So it's just such an adaptable player. Um, it almost reminds me of David Luiz in the sense that he can play in that more attacking role but also, of course, slot in defence, uh, just probably minus the mistakes. That's probably a fair, fair way to describe him right now and like he's one of the most uh, progressive passes in the league as well mm. I've seen a, uh, a tweet I can't remember from who now uh, but I link it, link it down in the description of the podcast it's shown like the best midfielders uh, right now in Jorginho uh, and Didi uh, Rodri of Manchester City and like Rice just doesn't look out of place there yeah it's such a vital point to that West Ham side right now she's just without him 
really we've been down and relegated uh, yeah. a long time ago. I think, uh, yeah, I think um, that result last night, of course, was a big boost to uh, your chances of staying up this year. And I think personally believing that you will. And I think that is key to keeping Declan Rice. You know, if you'd have gone down, he would definitely have left, you know, and probably on a on a much cheaper uh, price. But I think now that West Ham look like might staying up, you know, you never know, could have a big rebuild this summer. I think he might stay on, especially if he's given the cup, uh, captain's armband on a, a more permanent basis. Yeah, like, if we went down, Rice would have left. Boeing has a twenty million pound relegation clause that even someone like Palace would have just snapped him up mm. instantly, just like what happened to Scott Parker when we went down in twenty eleven. Yeah. Spurs just instantly went on to sign him. Then probably Fonas would have left. Ale, like the key parts of the squad were just gone, and we'd left with. Maybe Ayeti as a striker. Yeah. Then Diangana on the wing. Antonio on the other. Because I, I really can see Antonio leaving if we went down. Oh, you think he'd stay? Yeah, I think he'd stay. He's what, like 30 years old now? Uh, That's true. Injury prone. And he has the sense of being a big part of the squad. Mm. So. I think he'd stay. Maybe Ogbonna would stay. But there is always interest from the middle to top table Syria teams for him. Yeah. But uh, with Antonio, though, you can kind of tell his passion for the team from that interview at Sky last night. I don't know if you saw it or not. Yeah, I saw it. He was just worked so hard. Like He's had a lot of criticism. And I know he's not exactly your favourite player <laughs> playing After in that. Yesterday. Uh, after yesterday, he's, he's you love him, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> but playing that lone striker role, of course, it's tough for him. But people forget how many different roles he's had to fill while playing for West Ham, and he's always tried his best. He's been a really hard worker for the team, and I think that was really shown last night. And like you said, he'll, I think he'll be a key player now. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing everywhere really: right back, right wing back, left mid, mm. even. I think left back for a game or two on the village. Yeah, he's been thrown into the mix a, a lot, into different positions and always tried his best, worked hard. And that's what West Ham fans love. I think all fans, I think all fans are like that. They jump on someone's back the minute they put out a bad performance. Yeah. But the fact that he's so adaptable in so many positions just makes just makes him more of a key player, you know. I suppose it's just about finding what is his best position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a bunch of players like that. Uh, even Anderson, you could argue, he's mm. been playing left mid, but arguably his best is at the uh, central attacking midfielder role in the 10th spot mm. behind the striker and ahead of the midfielders. Yeah, that's true. And um, having these sort of players is is always a positive, you know, especially when West Ham, of course, they have awful luck with injuries, you know, so and they haven't exactly got 
a massive squad to be competing with the big boys in the league. So to have players like this who can play in numerous positions is is so key, and it's probably the thing that will push West Ham to stay up this year. The fact they've got so many of these players who can adapt in these tough circumstances. Yeah, and this game has been such a boost. Like we're sitting now three points above the two teams. Uh, closest to going out of the relegation zone with Villa on 27 points and Burnham also on 27 points and we have the most favor- favorable uh, fixture list yeah away, Burnley at home Norwich away Watford at home Manchester United away which is arguably the, the toughest game there and it's not even very tough even that you could get a result in yeah. I think like We've beat them uh, at the start of the season. So, I mean, considering the form right now, it's going to be really tough. Mm, True. But yeah, looking at the other teams, you know, the likes of Bournemouth, Villa, Watford, they've got some very tough games left. Watford have Chelsea, Norwich, Newcastle, West Ham, Man City and Arsenal. Villa have got Liverpool, Man United back-to-back. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth, they got May Night Tottenham back to back coming up. They still got to play City, Leicester as well. Norwich, they got to play Chelsea, Man City, you know. So, West Ham, if they will definitely survive, you know, I, I can't see Norwich. I think they're gone. They're at the question, I think. It's between Watford, Villa, and Bournemouth, I think. Um, I'm not too sure between those three. I'm not sure what you think, but I think in terms of West Ham, they're definitely safe. Yeah, we should be safe easily. And then you have Brighton also in the mix on 33 points with Norwich, Liverpool, Manchester City, Southampton, Newcastle and Burnley still to play. And Brighton won like four games out of the last 20. Yeah, so um, who knows? Even West Ham might climb up a bit as well. I doubt they'll go any higher than 15th, but still... I think survival was definitely assured for this year and that result last night clinched it. And it's always the way with West Ham of the past five years. Three of them were relegation struggling a bit. And then we just win a bunch of games and end up in 13th, 12th. So yeah, I can see that happening this season as well. We can beat Newcastle, although... The result against Bournemouth was fantastic. Alan San Maximin is insane. And the result against Sheffield as well. Yeah. I think Newcastle have been one of the best teams since the restart. They're like a few points away from European places right now. I think I saw something there about 10 points off the Champions League spot. Yeah, I think they're three points away from the seventh place, which could guarantee Europa League. E. Yeah, there's four points off yeah. us because we're seventh at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a crazy turnaround for them. It's become so tight uh, at the front of the table now as well. Very tight from about third place to about eighth. There's only ten points between them. Yeah. To ninth, sorry. So, it is crazy. And I think a lot of it since the restart, um, this is a topic my one of my friends pulled up was um, 
a lot of the teams who rely on atmosphere, we're talking Aston Villa, Crystal Palace, Sheffield United, without the fans, they've suffered. They rely on that atmosphere so much to be their 12th man, to push them through. And these are the teams whose results have been not as convincing since the restart. Yeah, Sheffield have really dropped right now. They're not playing well in any shape of way. Lest as well, losing games, Leicester in the centre. Yeah, like Leicester were basically clear. I don't know how they're still somehow third, but I think that might change soon. You know, there's only a point separating them and fourth, you know, so it is crazy how much the atmosphere and the fans make so much of a difference to a team. With a win, Chelsea could go, could have gone third. Yeah. But obviously. Angie Armolenko. <laughs> brilliant strike in the 89th minute. And kind of destroyed their hopes, at least for now. At least for now. I mean, they probably get their Champions League spot, really. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think Man United. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm not too sure. Oh, yeah, because there's Man United. A point behind them as well now. I think they might finish fifth, which will obviously get for them. But I think May Knight and Wolves will finish above them. I think Leicester might drop now. But May Knight and Wolves are definitely on form at the moment. So I can see them leapfrogging Chelsea if they don't change their ideas. Let me pick up uh, Leicester's fixture list right now. So they have Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Burnmouth, mm. Sheffield United. Tottenham and Manchester United on the final game, final day of the season. So that's going to be a big game. Yes, that will be a very decisive game, I think. But they have got some tough run-ins, I tell you. Crystal Palace game, they might nick a result. I mean, I'm afraid they might. Right now. Yeah. Palace are playing great football. Jordan Although they Mario lost to Burnley the other day, didn't they, Palace? Uh, I think so, yeah. Let me check. Um, yeah, 1-0. Mm. Uh, I think Leicester might nick a result against us. Probably a win, though. <laughs> no matter how, how good we do, we always some, somehow mess it up. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Well, that was a good result we had yesterday. Then again, we should be beating the team bottom of the table, 4-0. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Norwich aren't even... That bad of a side. Ah, not even. Playing so well for some good football. Yeah, they've been playing some very good football. They've got some quality players in their team, you know. Like Cantwell, Aarons, Rendia. You know, all these players, they're going to be leaving, definitely. If you see the teams that are that might be relegated, in Norwich, Villa, and Watford, Bournemouth, their teams are just going to be picked apart Oh, yeah, definitely. There's some really... There's a lot of quality players on these sides. And even teams like West Ham, like Crystal Palace, are going to be interested in a lot of them. A lot of the big teams will be interested in players, you know. I can see that, obviously, Jack Grealish. Yeah. He's going to get a big move this summer. I I think it's long overdue for him. He's been linked away for some time now. He stayed loyal because obviously he's a he's a Villa boy. Yeah, 
But I think I think getting relegated will be the uh, the end for him. Yeah, especially now when he's on the verge to getting to the England squad. Yes, because he's not really been given many appearances. You know, maybe if he'd have stayed loyal to Ireland, he might have had some, but oh mm-hmm. well. <laughs> but uh, I think, yeah, next summer he'll definitely be at the Euros and I think he'll be angling for that big move in order to justify it. Who are you thinking, Manchester United? Uh, in recent times, they've been the team most linked with him. Obviously, Tottenham were heavily linked with him, I think, a couple of summers back, weren't they? They basically almost signed him, I think. That could have been a great move for him. It would have been. I, I, I'd love to see him at Arsenal, to be honest. Midfield three, him, Xhaka and Thomas Partey. Yeah. I, I think that'd be brilliant. But I can't see it, you know, especially if we're not going to be in the Champions League. I think if he'll move, he'll want to move big and he'll know he can get that big move. So I'm sure he'll wait out for a team like Man United. Yeah, I think Man United should, should really uh, track him properly. Because their midfield with Grealish would have been exceptional. Grealish, Pogba, Fernandes. McTominay and then Fred as well. That's a lot of depth. Yeah, a lot of quality depth. Yes. Depth in general. I mean, some teams don't have depth like West Ham. (laughs) You can do in the Premier League without that as well. Yeah, true. The amount of competitions they're playing in, I think Man United need that almost like a second team they can put out. Yeah, because you have all the caps, uh, then European football as well, and then the 38 games in the Premier League. Yeah, and um, of course, with whether it be Champions League or Europa League, of course, a lot of travelling involved, obviously, you get a lot of fatigue and injuries, so having depth is very key if you're going to be a top team and be able to compete. Equally in all um, frontiers. I mean, that's why, again, West Ham, they haven't been performing as well. Because when you don't have depth, you you have to risk every game, really. And when you get mm. an injury too, it's just done. Yeah, you almost have to, like, when you don't have that depth, you almost have to pick and choose when you get what games you win or not, you know? Because it can be quite tough to uh, compete and you have to realise which is your important games which are the ones you can win the most which you take serious or not and so that's what what David Moyes done mm. uh, really with this person Wolves games he knew that we're going to struggle a lot against Wolves and then against Spurs and with now Gbona back in the lineup, he put the strong side Lanzini in I mean Lanzini was great I was very impressed with him because after the second uh, ligament injury he's not been performing any well the start of the season he was great 14 chances created in 4 games Um, Mm -hmm. and then he dropped then get injured again now he's back he wasn't performing recently yesterday's game really impressed me and I feel like if he can stay in that lineup, he's going to be great again. Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, you've, you've got a couple of injuries coming back as well, I think. Yeah, Sebastian Haller, wasn't he meant to come back this, this weekend? Yes, Masuaku as well, which I'm very happy about. 
Yeah, you know, so in a way, you could say West Ham, obviously it's not a strong depth, but West Ham do have some depth about them. And the yeah. fact that they can put off results like they did, like they did against Chelsea, with a stretched out team, is quite impressive. Yeah, it is. Thankfully, uh, Pellegrini signed a bunch of players. Like, looking even at the bench, we have Yermolenko, we have Anderson, Wilshere, and then you have Halle coming back, uh, Masuaku coming back. So those, that's five good uh, midfield or attacking players to have on the bench. And you have mm. Silva, you have even Ayeti, you have a bunch of the young lads from the uh, U23 teams if you need. Like, there's a striker, Irish striker, we've picked up from Manchester United in like October, I think. Uh, Mipo Odubeko. Like, he's just been firing for the youth teams. He's played one game for the Premier League 2 team of us. Mm. He's got a goal. He's like 17 years old. Looks to be a real, real deal. And I really hope we can keep him. With obviously Ngakia leaving now. And we've had a bunch of great young players recently. Even Domingo Schina we've talked about last week. He's going to Watford because he couldn't uh, get game time for us. And now with all the young talent again, we have we should really try implementing them uh, in the first team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you've got talented youngsters like that, it does offer a massive boost, especially if you can keep them, as in you won't have to spend big in the summer, you know, and hopefully if you're able to keep your best players, you know, your, your Hallers, your Andersons, Ogbonners, etc. Then, you know, you can build a good, you can build a good squad with that and build on that to possibly get a much better finish next season. Oh, youngsters are really, really good. Like, I think this is the best, best bunch in the last few years. Like, Diangana, Ben Johnson... And yesterday on the bench there was uh, Alfie Lewis, a young midfielder, mm. a creative. I think he plays a, like a number ten, maybe a number eight role. But he's, I've watched him play for the U twenty three side. He, he also looks like like a great player. Even your under 18s I'm looking there, second in the table. Yeah. You know, so they must be doing something right. The under 18s are second, the under 23s are first in the table, like one loss all season. It's been going great. I think it's just all about implementing them early because I think, as we've seen in recent weeks, a lot of younger players are trying to get moves away from clubs like Man United. Have you seen Angel Gomez? Seen with Fabian Balogan from Arsenal. They're trying to get moves earlier and earlier because they know. They've seen the likes of Jaden Sancho come on the scene so early and they think, well, we've got the quality, why can't we be playing regular first-team football? So I think the key with these players is that you've got to get them in early enough, get them in the first team, training them, get them on the benches sometimes and even put them in the starting 11s because, or else the big boys will be taking them away from you. Especially when clubs like West Ham are known for the academies 
so the young players know that if I don't take my chance if it's given there's probably like five other players that are going mm. to get that chance yeah definitely and they'll know themselves that there's there'll be plenty of clubs angling for their signature across Europe if they impress enough so that's the problem in a sense for clubs is getting the right balance of getting them playing and keeping them happy but at the same time of course getting the results you have to keep the right balance between youth players and first team players because mm. when you just go buying all the superstars the the club loses a bit of sense a bit of that little touch that oh we have a player who's performing on the first team level and he's come through our, our academy like now we have Declan Rice and on the bench we have Ben Johnson who's close to breaking through that's why uh, Nugakia leaving was such a big deal because we've produced him we've gave him the chance and now he's he's left mm. because of um, interest from other clubs probably bigger than us yeah that's true and that's that's the problem if you like I said keep them happy enough you get them playing early enough or at the same time making sure that they're ready to be played then you could have a very successful very successful team without having to spend much money in the transfer market like look at Newcastle and you have both the uh, Longstaff brothers there yeah performing on a generally Premier League level when at the start of the season you wouldn't say that Newcastle potentially a top half uh, Premier League side are going to play to youth players on a regular basis yeah I think more teams are starting to uh, rely on their youth players giving them more minutes because they're realising the value of it and they're realising the value of keeping them rather than losing them for cheap later on you know I think a lot of big teams have made that mistake and so now you're seeing a lot more of academy young players getting first team chances you know I've seen obviously at Arsenal we've been of the likes of Martinelli and Ketiar, Willock, Saka, Nelson, Martinez all these players getting regular minutes you know because they know if, if we don't play these players they'll angle for a move and we'll lose them on the cheap and it will just be a massive loss. Especially with Nketia, like there is a lot of interest in him because he's generally a great player. Yes, very good player. He's, uh, he's very clinical, he's very hard-working, you know. Um, but obviously, that's why I was so glad yesterday um, Bakayo Saka obviously signed a new contract. That was yeah. that's massive. It's almost like a new signing, really. Yeah. Kind of what uh, I, every one of us wished to have happened with Angakia. Yes. It's like, you got your deal, we didn't. And now I wonder where Angakia is going to go. It would just be the case if he ends up at a club, he could end up selling for big money later on and that would be one of West Ham's regrets. There is an interest in him from German clubs like, I think, Schalke. And Red Bull Leipzig are interested in him. I'm not sure if that's uh, even. I'm not sure if that's just agent talk or what. But 
there is interest reported and then from England you have um, I think Palace, Watford but I can't see him going Watford if they go down um, It's just this bit of a strange one like because he's such a talented player isn't he? Yeah like he got the first team appearances David Moyes wanted to keep him as a first team right back for next season and he just said no thank you I want to leave it's just, it's just such a shame because he's got so much talent, you can tell, and at such a young age as well, 19, you know, so, and someone in Germany will probably snap him up now, and he'll probably get some regular first-team football week in, week out now. I hope he's going to really progress his career, not like Reese Oxford did, with going to Augsburg. Yeah. To mention Gladbach alone. He was, I think, decent for them. And came back, went to Augsburg for a few million pounds, and now he's not even playing for them. Like the last few appearances he had, uh, he got a red card. Then he was, I think, subbed off for the, in like the 30th minute. It's not been going well for him at all. And that's the other thing about. That's the other balance clubs have got to strike with their young players is whether they, they throw them in the deep end too early or not. You know, obviously it's hard to tell. You know, they might have all the talent in the world, but it's all about the confidence because it's a big step up from youth to senior level. You know, you're going from playing with people your same age to people who could potentially be about 10 years older than you, you know. And he, what well, he made his debut and he was the club's youngest ever player at the time. You know, so that's a lot on his shoulders. He's still 21 years old, to be fair, so hopefully he's going to re- revitalize his career. But as it's going right now, I can't see him really becoming the superstar he was meant to be. That's a shame. Such a shame. Because he's debuted against Arsenal, <laughs> 16 years old. He was brilliant. Like I remember everyone talking about him pocketing Ozil. <laughs> yeah. He was such a good player at the game, and then I think what broke him was that he wasn't having a good performance at all against Leicester, I think it was, and Bilic slapped him off at, uh, I think, half-time, or before half-time, and that was the moment I think he really stopped trusting his um, ability. I think that can obviously affect that will affect young players more because they're not maybe not so used to that, especially on the bigger stage in front of more people just being dragged off at half time, for example. You know, it can it can hit them mentally and it's hard to recover from it. And that's probably you're probably right. That is probably the thing that pushed him over the edge. Like, and it is a shame, but. Hopefully, if he can get his career going again, whether that would be with Augsburg or potentially with another Bundesliga club, or even back here in England, remains to be seen. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully he does find it somewhere. I hope so as well. So, um, Newcastle against West Ham, West Ham away. What would be your prediction for the game? Oh, it's going to be tough. You know, uh, Newcastle, of course, have, like I said earlier, 
have been one of the teams, top teams since the restart. You know, the win yesterday against Bournemouth highlighted that. I know Bournemouth aren't exactly the best team at the moment, but a 4-1 away win. So, you know, it was a quality. Uh, they're obviously going to be at home on Sunday. Of course, not with their famous St. James's crowd. But all the same, it will be a very tough game for West Ham. But uh, uh, I think... I think Newcastle will win, but I think it'll be close. Score prediction? Possibly 2-0 or 2-1. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm looking at the game, and considering we've conceded 2 to Chelsea, I can see us conceding 1 to Newcastle. 1 or 2, really. Considering how good Alan said Maximin is. Oh, he's just quality. He just so runs good. through players like like they're, they're nothing. Like, they're not even there. He's just... And apparently he doesn't go to the gym. It's crazy. Newcastle paid £15 million for him. That's such a bargain. It is. I think what it shows is that stats aren't always everything. Because if you went by stats alone... He doesn't exactly look the most impressive player. Like he hasn't got the highest amount of goals and assists or anything. But if you watch him on the pitch, what he adds is just simply quality. He's so fun to watch, really. Like all the skills he has, the balance, the agility, the tricks. He just goes through players. Just like, like you said, like they're nothing. <laughs> I love players like that, honestly. That's why I really love Masuako Anderson. Mm. Like you don't get the best performances sometimes from them, but when they when they are in the best, they're just so fun to watch. Just so when, pleasing to see. When they're in the mood, like there's just no stopping them. Yeah, like that's what was fun with football like ten years ago. Now it's all about stats. Oh, Snodgrass scored more goals than Anderson. Like, football is meant to be enjoyable. Exactly. Like, if a player doesn't play enjoyably, like, if I watch Snodgrass run around and then just fall over his own feet, and then you have Anderson who doesn't score or assist that much, but just not makes people dribbles past players just it's such a big difference definitely definitely he's um like like i was saying about the stats yeah you're right stats obviously people go on and on about stats oh he's not got this much goals or whatever you know if you look if you look at the paper of it you might say he's an awful player four goals he should be doing more than that but if you actually watch him play and what he adds to the team that drive he adds when he goes through the midfield you know, there's no denying his quality. And when he's going down that ring, there is no stopping him. Like, even with Newcastle, you have uh, Jolinton. Like, mm. one goal for £40 million. Pounds. But he just works so hard for the for the team. He's such a key player for them, because without them, he gets the ball, he plays the ball through to midfield. Like, he holds the play, holds everything. And then doesn't score because he's unlucky or just 
she hasn't had a good day regarding finishing but if you look at stats wow why would they pay 40 million pounds for him yeah he's just a key player for that side and i can see why they paid 40 million pounds for him even um almiron another quality player they've got in the attack he's only got seven goals but he's 30 million pounds for seven goals in the premier league yeah but if you watch him though He's just such a quality player and he has so much quality to their attack. It's just an unbelievably skillful player to watch. And people forget how many big clubs he was linked to before he did make the move to Newcastle. He was linked with us as well. Oh, yeah. But we've dropped out because, obviously, the £30 million price tag and Pellegrini wasn't so sure about signing a player from the MLS for £40 million. Pounds, so £30 million. Pounds. Yeah, he's but been brilliant for Newcastle City coming in. It is going to be a very tough game for West Ham Sunday. Yeah, I can see a draw, maybe a narrow win for one of the sides, and I think, I think I'll go with a one-all again, just like I went with the Chelsea game. So I think I'll win. stick to the two-one, um, to Newcastle, because I think West Ham will keep it close because they'll be on a high after the win against Chelsea. But at the same time, I think the form Newcastle are in and the fact that the change in form has actually pushed them so close to the European spots, I think they'll be up for getting getting a result. So it'll be close, but I think they'll win. Like They have even Dwight Gale scoring goals right now. Yeah, of course. And that's usually wasn't what was happening in the Premier League with Dwight Gale. No, he was always one of those who had a lot of potential but never really fulfilled it. Yeah, he'd score 20 goals in the championship, come up, and then score 5, go down again, score 20 again, and then score 4 next season. So, see him score goals, it's just nice to see. It is nice to see him at a top, um, at such a top level performing because of course he was at Dagenham Redbridge at one point you know the club I work for so it's nice to see him doing so well in the Premier League and uh, you know if Newcastle can keep going potentially playing in Europe as well well it's nice to see uh, players who played for you for your for one of the uh, my work teams <laughs> yeah I mean also Dagenham Redbridge local team to a lot of West Ham supporters yes of course the youth team play there yeah and there's been a few players that went from uh, West Ham to Dagenham mm. so I mean obviously Dagenham had been brilliant recently they're like uh, in the Vanarama National League right now National League yeah yeah they'll be going again next year you know hopefully they'll yeah, push hopefully. for a Hopefully push for a playoff place next year, you know, after a, quite a poor year in reality. But uh, they survived and uh, hopefully go again next year. Yeah, that's what counts the most. It's staying up and pushing for promotion for the top places. Yep. So that'll be it for today's episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and see you next time. See you guys. Thank you very much, and hopefully West Ham get results Sunday. I hope so as well, mate.
Stay safe, everyone.